Good morning. Welcome into In Focus here on News Radio KMAN. Today we'll be getting updates here from uh, Blue Valley Schools. Also here from Geary County Schools a little bit later on and uh, squeezed in there in between an interview with AAA's Sean Stewart. Nick McNamara uh, interviewed him the other day. Get a preview of what's happening this holiday weekend with Memorial Day right around the corner. Uh, But we start things off as we do here with uh, Blue Valley Schools today. John Cox is the superintendent over there up in Randolph. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Brandon. How are you today? I'm doing well. And uh, Cliff Williams, by the way, won't be with us today. He's uh, got some other uh, activities he's dealing with today at Riley County Schools. We'll get him uh, back on the program next month. But uh, glad we could uh, at least get an update here from from John today. Uh, I know it's kind of a, a slow time for you here with uh, the end of the school year, but maybe a time for reflection a little bit. Yeah, it really is. You know, uh, school was out last Thursday, and uh, over the last four days, it's just been refreshing to just have a little bit of downtime to kind of think about what you actually or what the school district actually accomplished. And we have done some extraordinary things, uh, even during a pandemic, um, things that others might have put off because it might have been too challenging or something. But uh, we decided that we were going to go straight forward. So um, we opened our doors to the preschool. You know, uh, that was a big deal for us. Uh, we were formerly the uh, part of the uh, Telec uh, Special Education Cooperative uh, for our preschool, and we needed to serve more families. So we decided we were going to uh, see if that was going to be a, a win for us. And it, it turned out to be very, very good for our kids, for our uh, families locally, and, and for our kindergartners moving from fourth grade, four, four-year-olds to kindergarten next year. Um, we're going to try to expand that a little bit next year if we can. Uh, we've gone through our roundup and we know we have a few spots available. So if you have a three-year-old or a four-year-old uh, and you're interested and you did not make it to the enrollment piece, please give us a call. Um, we're, we're looking primarily at our three-year-olds, but we will take uh, four-year-olds as well if we have the space. We are limited to the number of kids we can have, though, based on staffing and such. All right. I, I imagine there's probably some studies out there I haven't read, but I've had two girls go through preschool myself, and I've noticed a world of of uh, great things, and it seems to uh, help them with their social interactive skills. What, what can you say about uh, preschool getting you ready for kindergarten? Preschool is the key for kindergarten success. Uh, if you take students who have, if you look at two students, one having gone through a preschool and the other not gone through a preschool and just gone from uh, uh, either home or daycare type of situation, there is a significant difference because you're right, they are learning those social skills. They're learning the routines. They're learning how to be a student in, in a school setting. And it really prepares them mentally uh, to know what what challenges uh, they could face, but they're also having fun and interacting uh, in a different way. You know, I had the opportunity to to visit with the teachers and the kiddos several times this last year, and just going in, it's a fresh uh, classroom full of of liveliness, and they do a wonderful job with with the kiddos. And uh, over the next two to three years, we hope to be able to track and see what 
what kind of a difference we've actually made. You know, in terms of education, we know that it's going to make the difference, but to have the actual data to support that, that's what we're excited about. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, that's exciting that that's uh, been able to be such a success for you here so far and hope we see that continue. On the other end of the spectrum, I know you had graduation recently. Um, how did that go? Uh, graduation uh, was phenomenal. Uh, we had some hiccups. Um, uh, you know, as a superintendent, normally that's not my role is to host the graduation. Um, but our high school principal um, uh, was not available uh, to do that. And so uh, I had the honor of stepping up and uh, taking on that challenge. And I think from my perspective, it went very well. Uh, the kids got graduated. Uh, they all had their speeches. We graduated 16 students this year. When you compare that to the four we graduated last year, I mean, it was an immediate increase in student population as soon as those students were graduated. Uh, and our senior class uh, this year, they will go into the world and represent Blue Valley well uh, in what they plan to do with their lives. We've got kids who plan to go into the military. We've got students who in their senior year were already working uh, in a profession, uh, the nursing profession, their CNAs, working at local uh, nursing homes. Um, we've got students who are going to go work on the family farm, which is that's a, a value trade as well. And we have a handful of students who are going to traditional college, um, but they're all out there. They're all qualified and they're all going to do well uh, in the world because they got their education through us. All right. Well, congratulations to the class of 2022. And we're so happy for them. Now we kind of reach the summertime and it's, uh, you know, a little quieter around the schools, but I imagine probably a good opportunity to do some needed maintenance. Yeah. Um, each of our buildings uh, needs specific things done at specific times. And we try to coordinate that with all of the service providers that come through. Uh, it, you know, a lot of times uh, when schools are out and the kids are home, nobody thinks much about what's going on at the schools. But from late May through the first week in August, it is just as chaotic sometimes, if not more, when we're having all the services provided to make sure that school is ready. You know, we're, we're painting, we're landscaping, we're, uh, we're doing all of the things that you don't see uh, on the front side now to make sure when the students come back, uh, we are prepared and ready for that. Uh, we've hired a couple of extra uh, support help uh, to make sure that we get all of the things done. And, uh, you know, with the rain the last couple of days, not much has been done outside, but uh, I know that in the buildings, we're talking about carpeting, we're talking about classroom paint and making sure it looks bright and fresh when the kids come back. All right. Well, that's good. Good to hear. Um, and of course, uh, in the coming months, we're going to be hearing more about budget talks. I know those probably aren't getting underway just yet, but uh, any any preview you can give us uh, of what that might look like? Well, we're hoping that uh, our budget will increase um, simply because we've uh, already accepted several new students into our district, um, transferring from other districts or other or moving here or whatever the case may be. Uh, we hope that where we are this year, uh, by the time we get to this same point next year, uh, we will have grown significantly. And when I say significantly, when you realize that we only have 229 students total, if we have a, an increase of five, that is a significant increase. 
Um, so making sure that we are managing all of the things that come along with that. And at this point, we've got a good plan in place. We've got new leadership at our high school um, that uh, this year, uh, the kids uh, and the teachers, they're excited about what, where we're headed and what we're doing. Um, our elementary school, they have got uh, the leadership that was there this year and took them to a different level. Uh, and I will now be uh, working through the middle school challenges um, so that we have uh, administration in all buildings most of the day. And so it will be an exciting time for the teachers, uh, for the support. It'll be an exciting time for our staff. As you know, with the state and the budget, nothing is really ever set in stone. And with school budgets, the way that they are, uh, we have a projection of where we think we're going to be and where we actually are. We won't find that out until after Christmas break uh, in, in springtime to find out when it was actually set. So it's always a guessing game, but, but if we use the, the numbers and the uh, processes we've used in the past, we typically come out pretty well. All right. Well, good to hear. And uh, you know, obviously you want to keep that growth continuing. And I think you guys have done that for the last couple of years. You, you saw growth last year, I know for sure. Uh, but yeah. that, that has continued a little bit. Yes. we uh, Every year we see a little bit of growth. And traditionally you think of rural schools as either stagnant or losing student population. And that's true in a lot of places. But We've got programs that people want to come and be a part of and programs that other school districts uh, maybe don't have or it's not as robust as the program that we have. So I can tell you that I've given tours of two to three families uh, who are like, well, why didn't we make this decision sooner? And I'm like, well, that's a good question. Welcome. Come back. And, and, we'll, and we're happy to happy to serve your students and you. So it's exciting because of all of the things that we do. and. That was one of the things that I use as a guide for our staff. If you have a passion for something, and I don't care if it's something that's, if it's knitting, sewing, uh, swimming, fishing, whatever it is, if you would like to start a club uh, related to your passion, let's do it. Let, there's no reason we can't. And so we have a lot of staff that have stepped up to create clubs on their passions. Uh, this last weekend, um, our car club, uh, which is hosted by our business teacher, they we got to go to the NASCAR race and go behind the scenes and see all of the things that it takes to build a performance race car. And uh, the kids had a really good time. Uh, NASCAR was phenomenal about the access that they gave us. And uh, it, it's a good partnership that we looked forward to keeping continuing down the road. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Well, I've got... Uh... No other questions on my radar, except I just wanted to maybe, because of the news that happened yesterday, and you're an educator, I just want to get your your thoughts on on uh, the situation that happened in in Texas yesterday, and uh, you know, kind of what what you've been feeling here these last twenty four hours. You know, it is it's a sad sad day um, because so many students and staff members lost their lives to senseless violence. Um, you know, I, I was in law enforcement prior to getting into education and I'm looking at it from both sides and we do everything we can every day to make sure our kids are safe and we plan and we drill and we do all of the things that we can. But 
there's no way to ever truly prepare for the event when it happens. And that is the saddest part of all is that they could have been the best well-prepared school out there, but people do things for who knows what reason. And if they're intent on doing that, all we can do is, is hope and pray that uh, they, they don't cause too much harm. And in yesterday's situation, my, uh, my heart goes out to the teachers and to the families and to the students uh, because of the loss and the senseless violence. It, it, it's just a sad day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, John, thanks for being here with us this morning, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again next month. Thank you, Brandon. All right, appreciate it. Stay tuned. We're going to hear from Sean Stewart, AAA, up next on News Radio KMAN. We're back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN, and uh, in the absence of Cliff Williams here from Riley County Schools this week, uh, we are going to play you back an interview that Nick McNamara did this week with Sean Stewart, Manager of Public and Government Affairs with AAA Kansas in South Dakota. He is uh, talking about Memorial Day weekend, the travel holiday, and what to expect. I wanted to ask you a little bit about travel expectations. You know, it's been kind of a weird couple of years in regards to travel. And I'm just right. wondering, I, I saw your press release, or maybe not yours, but a press release from the AAA yeah. uh, fairly yeah. recently. And I wanted to get a, a, a kind of gauge from you on what type of travel is expected this year and um, mm-hmm. how that might compare to things in the past, especially given how things were in 2020 and then 2021 as well. Yeah, yeah, it has been an interesting last few years with regard to travel uh, with COVID shutdowns in 2020 and, you know, just to some extent still going on last year. So this year, uh, we're actually, you know, projecting a, a strong return to travel, uh, both nationally and in, in Kansas. Uh, nationwide for this Memorial Day weekend, we're projecting 39.2 million people traveling. That's 8.3% higher than than last year. And here in the state, uh, we're looking at uh, almost 329,000 Kansans uh, expected to travel more than 50 miles from their home. And that's up 10% over last year's numbers. Um, As usual, this is a... A lot of of travel weekends are... uh, highly focused on driving. Most people drive to their destinations, and we're expecting 90% of travelers or more than 296,000 Kansans hitting the roads and highways for this Memorial Day holiday weekend. So it's it's safe to expect that the roads will be pretty busy. Um, Air travel is also expected to be up uh, significantly, about 25% over last year. So the airports will likely be uh, pretty crowded as well. You said 300,000 people in the Kansas area. I'm doing quick yep. calculations in my head. We're kind of in the two and a half million range in terms of population for Kansas. That sounds like yeah. around 10% of the of the state is hitting the roads or hitting the air in some way for Memorial Day yep. then. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Wow. That's a sizable, that's certainly sizable. That puts it in a a, a different context than when you think about just the sheer Mm -hmm. volume of people that are going to be out there. Yeah. And that's, that uh, is similar at the nationwide level. If we're looking at 392 uh, or I'm sorry, 39.2 million people uh, traveling nationwide. Um, I don't know what the latest uh, 
uh, population numbers are for the U.S., but uh, it's, it's a good percentage of, of people uh, will be getting out and visiting places they haven't uh, been in a while and people they haven't uh, perhaps visited in a while. So um, people are uh, wanting to get back out and travel. Uh, there's a lot of pent-up demand for it. Um, over, over the last couple of years, uh, some people have uh, not traveled or not traveled as much. So um, a lot of people are telling us that they're, they're ready to get back out there. And I'm curious um, how you go about maybe perhaps uh, calculating some of these expectations and predictions. What what sort of metrics or what type of uh, conversations do you have to be able to come to your predictions? I'm just I'm wondering. Um, we get these numbers uh, provided by by AAA National, mm-hmm. and uh, they work with a, a statistics firm that that pulls these numbers together every every main travel weekend. So we, we've done this for years, and uh, generally the numbers end up uh, being pretty accurate once we look at actual numbers versus our projections. So it's pretty safe to say that uh, these numbers will be, be in line with uh, what we actually see on the roads uh, this coming weekend. And it's safe to say that you know the roads are going to be busy, so we're really urging drivers to... Uh, take take some extra precautions on the road. Uh, drive more safely. Slow down. Uh, put your phone down and avoid distractions. And it's very important, obviously, to have everybody in your in your vehicle uh, buckled up um, to protect them if there is a crash. And then another thing that we're seeing um, a big problem is with emergency roadside. Uh, drivers such as ours, our tow truck drivers, and other law enforcement officers on the side of the road, we see them being struck um, and injured or killed. So each state has a move-over law that requires drivers to either move over a lane or drastically slow down uh, if they approach emergency vehicles uh, with their lights on. So um, we actually had one of our uh, roadside service uh, trucks uh, struck uh, yesterday in the Wichita area. Unfortunately, uh, fortunately, nobody was uh, seriously hurt, but that just um, points out the fact that people need to slow down and pay better attention to the road. And it's always a good, whatever time of year, that's a good thing to bring up. Um, in icy conditions, it's dangerous. In, in hot conditions, it can yeah. be dangerous. In, in general, you just want to be alert, be aware of who's around you. And if you see someone on the side of the road, whether they're on the shoulder yeah. or not, you want to get over, like just give them some space. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a growing problem. You know, in general, uh, traffic fatalities were up significantly across the country last year. And a lot of what we're seeing, a lot of what we're hearing from law enforcement is excessive speed and distraction. So people are, going much faster than the, uh, the speed limit or the uh, road conditions call for. And also, they're on their phones. They're not paying attention. Um, so it's very important to put that phone down. Uh, no tweet or snap or text is worth your life or someone else's life. So put that phone down and just focus on the road. 
yeah, have your passenger change the playlist if that's what's <laughs> taking your distraction or, or taking your attention yeah. away from the road. Like, if you need to look yeah. at the map, uh, you know, shotgun, typically that's kind of their duty. They get involved with that. So, um, especially exactly. if you're doing a road trip with more than one person, there's avenues for you to, to, to get the information you're looking to get without necessarily taking your yeah. eyes off of what needs what they need to be on. Yeah, that's that is excellent advice. Uh, that we we reiterate that as well. If you're traveling with someone else in the vehicle, uh, let them uh, set up the navigation or change your playlist or whatever needs to be done on the phone. Um, if you do need to uh, do something on your phone and you're driving alone, please pull off uh, and and do so safely. Uh, don't try to navigate that phone while you're actually driving your vehicle. It's just too too dangerous and not worth the risk. So as people return to travel this Memorial Day or perhaps travel again if they were already doing so amid uh, 2021 and 2020, um, we talk about roadside assistance and the need to move over, but there's also some good equipment or just goods and uh, items to have in your car if you should be the one who needs that roadside assistance. You know, it's going to be summer. It's currently cool out in Kansas, at least, (laughs) but it's going to get hot again. Uh, What are some things you might recommend bringing along with you if you're doing even perhaps like a day trip, what are, what are those mm-hmm. things that are really good to have in the, like maybe in the trunk or backseat far back if you're in a, a SUV or something like that? What's good to have with you if you should end up on the side of the road? Yeah, it's always important whether you're taking, when you're taking a road trip of any distance is to have an emergency kit in your car. Uh, we talk about it a lot during the winter, but it's also, it's just important as uh it's just important in the summer. So have things that you need if you might be stranded for a while uh, in order to stay safe and, until help arrives. And it's important to have uh, drinking water and some food or snacks for you and, and everyone in your vehicle, um, it, pets included if you're traveling with them. Um, have a, a basic first aid kit, um, a tool kit. Um, it's important to have a, a cell phone uh, and a charger so you can call for help. And if you have roadside service, whether it's AAA or another company, just have that uh, number uh, programmed into your phone and maybe your membership uh, number as well. Um, also look at things like uh, warning devices such as road flares or reflectors if you have to uh, pull over to the side of the road or if your car breaks down, just things that can keep you and your family safe while you're, uh, while you're there. And I'm wondering just how much uh, you might recommend things like portable chargers. You mentioned chargers themselves, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking like battery packs or something that you can recharge yeah. and carry with you that provides the charge. That way, you, you mm-hmm. know, say you're on the side of the road, uh, you don't want to drain out your battery entirely. Uh, if that's a risk or if that's a concern, depending on your make of vehicle, the age of the vehicle, mm-hmm. how old your battery is, et cetera. But how important is it these days to have those extra appliances like some type of phone charger with a battery that you can pre-charge in, in, uh, mm-hmm. in preparation of travel. Yeah, it's definitely important uh, to have an ability to have a fully charged cell phone, whether that's um, charging uh, via your vehicle or if your vehicle's broken down, uh, maybe having uh, that, that extra auxiliary uh, power source. Uh, a lot of people do uh, carry an extra battery with them, um, especially if they're going to be uh, out camping or hiking, for example, uh, during the holiday weekend. So just look at ways that you can always make sure that you're 
your uh, cell phone is properly charged in case you need to call for help. And um, I'm also thinking about, as we talk about travel and um, especially with vehicles, cars, on the roads, uh, yeah. we're looking at record high gas prices. Well, maybe not record high, but they're getting up there. They're really high. Yeah, um, they're, they're right there. They were, uh, we were at a record in Kansas yesterday. We're down about a cent today, but uh, at or near record levels. So, you know, a lot of people are telling us that uh, they're still planning to travel, but they may look at other ways to save money on their road trips. They may stay at uh, less expensive hotels or do less expensive uh, activities or, or free attractions or activities uh, during their trip, just a way uh, to, to balance out those higher gas prices. A lot of people still want to travel, and they're just budgeting differently based on the, the higher prices of gas right now. And as we talk about ways to like minimize costs and maximize uh, the money you have as you're doing travel or as you're traveling or making plans to travel, um, something I always think about is cruise control. And I know that's something a lot of people look to as they're going about their drive. It, it makes their life feel a little easier. And I'm curious whether you have any information on how that impacts your fuel economy and whether using your cruise control is ideal at all in terms of uh, saving gas. Um, I know I like to turn to it on certain mm-hmm. stretches, for example. I just, I always question whether whether the machine is as good as preserving gas uh, <laughs> as I am and or whether I can do a better job than the machine. So I'm curious yeah. your perspective on how that ends up playing out over time. Yeah, cruise control does have some, some definite benefits on long trips, especially um, it, it does help you stick to a set speed limit, which, as we talked about, um, maintaining uh, close to the speed limit can help you save uh, money at the gas pumps because you're not burning as much fuel as opposed to, you know, possibly accelerating, not really realizing you're getting significantly over the speed limit. Um, so cruise control can help you regulate that. It can also just help fatigue as you're driving on a long trip. Um, you can take your foot off that accelerator and relax a little bit more. Um, also, one thing that we do recommend uh, is to not use cruise control when it's raining. Um, if there's a water standing on the roadways, you can quickly hide your plane, and it's a lot easier to uh, take your foot off uh, the accelerator and uh, avoid uh, hydroplaning if, if you're not using cruise control. So that's just one suggestion that we recommend. And say you go out on a trip, whether it's raining or not, it ends up raining. Maybe you're planned for it, maybe you're not. What are some good tips to keep in mind should you be out and about um, on a day trip or even longer and end up in a, a rainy situation or perhaps even a haily situation? What are some things you should keep in mind as uh, when you're out there on the road as ways to keep you safe? Yeah, it's, it's important to always pay attention to the weather, be weather aware, uh, whether you're on a road trip or, you know, out hiking or camping, whatever, whatever you're doing. It's just make sure that you have a weather app and can access uh, the forecast and a radar, preferably. Um, you know, when you're, when you're driving in the rain, obviously turn your, your headlights on if your wipers are on. Uh, that's state law in Kansas, and uh, it is in other states as well. Um, slow down um, so you're not uh, going to hydroplane if there's uh, standing water on the highways. 
And then just, uh, if you're out and about, just make sure that you have proper rain gear, whether that's a rain jacket or an umbrella, whatever you might need to stay dry during your, your fun activities. Well, Sean, I appreciate the time and all the information. I'll just kind of give it to you for any last tips, pointers, ideas, or thoughts on ways to maximize your, uh, maximize your money when you're traveling or just to stay safe while you're out on the roads for Memorial Day. Gosh, I think we covered everything, Nick. I, we covered pretty much the gamut, so I think <laughs> I can't think of anything else. Great questions. All right, I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. As always, always helpful to hear from the AAA in regards to uh, travel, especially whether it's, whether it's summer, winter, or whatnot. Uh, you always give us some good information on how to go about um, planning and thinking ahead. So thank you so much. All right, thanks, Nick. And we're back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN. And we're going to be talking next with our guest from USD 475 Geary County Schools, and that is Superintendent Dr. Reginald Eggleston. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, and thanks for having me on again. I appreciate that. hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, I'm doing well. Appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, this is a, an exciting time of the year for uh, schools because uh, it is the end of the school year, kind of a culmination of everything that has happened here this past year. And uh, we'll start off with... Just kind of asking you about this uh, this award that uh, has been bestowed upon USD 475. Uh, you guys got a award kind of recognized in partnership with Fort Riley. Well, yes, I appreciate that. So we received the 2021 Army Community, Community Partnership Award. Uh, last week, there was a ceremony to take place uh, on Fort Riley. And so we were part of that. Uh, we've been working together. Uh, with some construction and just different items. Um, and so just really glad to have that partnership with them. They have been some tremendous, tremendous uh, teammates and partners. Um, of course, you know that 50% of my students are associated with the military. We're a little bit or somewhat unique in comparison to other districts across the state of Kansas. And so um, we just have a, a very good connection and, and good relationship uh, with the uh, members of the post and I'm just excited about the work that we have done and look forward to future opportunities as well. Yeah, such a strong uh, connection there, especially with your district. And, you know, that's a, a good partnership to continue on here. And it's one that uh, you, you get students to come in and come and go here time to time. And uh, you really want them to feel comfortable and have a good environment to learn. Well, you know, if I had to highlight one other area, it would also be that we are at this present moment, the only Purple Star school district in the state of Kansas. Last year, uh, the Board of Education approved a resolution which allowed us to pilot the program for the state. And so all of our schools have gone through the process. There are certain tenets that you have to uh, abide by and document that you actually do but we've been able to make that accomplishment. And it's been tremendous because the Purple Star School designation says that we are a military-friendly organization. And again, since we have over 50% or at 50% of our students who are military dependents, um, it just reinforces the partnership and relationship that we have uh, with all of our members on post. And of course, uh, from the education standpoint, you mentioned students being mil uh, of military families. I imagine you have a lot of staff that are military connected too. We do. Uh, we 
average probably about 119 new staff members. We, a lot of those are military, they're PCSN. Uh, we also, of course, just through attrition, but we do hire a large number of military uh, family members who serve as teachers, counselors, paraprofessionals. Uh, they bring a great deal to our district and we have a, a high appreciation for them. All right. Well, and, and I know you guys have an elementary school that's going to be constructed at Fort Riley. Is that under construction yet? We've already had the groundbreaking and yes, they've started that. And so excited about it. We're hoping to have that completed during the 23-24 school year that we'll be able to, to go in and occupy that and students and teachers and families will be able to enjoy that facility. And so uh, that has been, and that's also part of the partnership as well. Uh, just making sure we keep uh, the best facilities that we possibly can. We know that facilities play one part and what's most important is what actually takes place in the classroom. So just trying to make sure we provide everybody with everything they need so that we can be successful. I've seen some, uh, there's been some suggestions coming in about a uh, possible name of that school. I don't know if, we're, if that'll be announced anytime soon, probably not till next year, I would imagine. But have you heard any suggestions yet? No, not yet. And I know we'll be working with our partners on post. We have to, uh, since it is a facility on uh, the military um, grounds, I know they have some pretty rigid uh, steps that you have to go through for the naming of any facility there. So we'll follow that process and uh, I'm sure we'll come up with something that'll be accommodating and pleasing to everyone. All right. Very good. Uh, let's, let's talk about a little success here that, uh, you recently had, you had uh, graduation ceremonies, uh, just, uh, what was this past weekend? We did. We actually, uh, graduated 281 graduates on the 15th, which was actually, uh, uh, almost a week and a half ago. And so we were very excited about the graduation, uh, well turned out. We had it at the high school in the gym. And so, uh, tremendous turnout and just really proud for our young people. This is the first class to actually uh, graduate from the new facility. So it was uh, well turned out. And I think everyone was pleased with uh, the, the ceremony. And uh, uh, we're wishing our young people the very best as they go into the next phase of life. Well, you certainly have the capacity there. That's a beautiful facility, uh, especially the, in the gym space. Uh, what a wonderful opportunity for those kids. Absolutely. We are uh, we're really excited for them. And uh, we know that now they have some 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 major decisions to make. Some are going into the military, some directly into the workforce, uh, others two and four year colleges and institutions. So really uh, hoping the best for them and uh, wishing them as much success as they desire and just really have some high expectations for them. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to the class of 2022. Uh, there's uh, obviously, uh, as we get into summer, there's opportunities here for for summer schooling as well. Yes, uh, we actually will be having summer school uh, throughout the uh, summer. That will begin uh, here shortly. And so I've been encouraging all of our parents to reach out to their individual schools, connect with their um, counselors and administrators to register uh, and just to take advantage uh, of the opportunity because it's going to be tremendous. Uh, elementary schools will be uh, starting uh, May 31st uh, and will go to June 24th. 
and that'll be from 8 a.m. until 11 a.m. And then the middle schools will have the exact same time. Uh, we'll also throughout the summer have sixth grade and ninth grade transition. And then even our magnet school, our magnet program uh, will be offering um, some uh, enrichment opportunities for our seventh and eighth grade students uh, who will be attending there. So a lot is taking place this summer. We don't want our students to get bored. And we know that there's a learning slide that takes place during the summer. So we just wanted to present opportunities for our young people to be in a safe, healthy environment where they can still be challenged academically. Uh, we also, I believe at the end of each week have tried to schedule some field trips just as an incentive for those students who do well and attend, uh, attend daily. Uh, just to say we appreciate that and re reward them for their efforts. Uh, Im imagine, uh, does summer school extend to uh, early learning as well? Do you have a program for that? We, we have the kindergarten. So Sunday school is actually K-12, uh, just depending on what a student's needs may be. Okay, very good. Well, uh and you've talked about that magnet school in the past. That's uh, it's a wonderful program. I, I don't know that there's a lot of those in this area, but that that's the only one that comes to mind here uh, for for me. But there's a lot of benefits there, obviously. Well, I think we may be the only one. Uh, it is it is an opportunity for students who may need a different setting. It's not punitive. It's it's not negative. Uh, we believe in trying to create learning opportunities for all students. And some students may not do well uh, in a middle school with 900 plus students in it, or even our middle school on post has over 550 students in it. And so this is a learning environment, a smaller one that helps students who may need some additional academic supports, as well as those students who are excelling and doing very well. So we just try to create a different setting and a different opportunity. Uh, I, I believe in order to be successful this day and time in the 21st century, you're gonna need uh, multiple opportunities for students to learn. One size doesn't fit everyone. And so we are sensitive to that in 475. And in order for us to improve our graduation rate, which is the goal is to get to 95%, we know that we're going to need to do things a little bit differently in order to reach all of our students. So doing more of the same isn't necessarily going to get everybody across the finish line. And so we want to give students every opportunity and every option that we possibly can. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, time to take a, our break here on the program, but we'll uh, step aside for a moment and continue our conversation in a moment with Dr. Reginald Eggleston, superintendent at Geary County Schools. You're listening to In Focus on K-Man. Back here on In Focus, News Radio KMAN, talking with Dr. Reginald Eggleston. He's a superintendent at USD 475 Geary County Schools. As uh, we've reached the summertime here, and uh, that usually means uh, when students are out of the buildings, there's uh, some maintenance that will be taking place. And you've got a lot of school buildings in your district, so imagine there's, there's some key needs there in some of those buildings. Well, we are taking uh, this opportunity to go through and clean all of our bu buildings, which is an annual event during the summer, uh, do any type of maintenance, put roofs, address any roofs, uh, uh, plumbing, things of that nature. So again, this is a great opportunity right now for us to do so. And we are, we are going through each facility, 
just doing an assessment of them. That actually took place probably 60 to 90 days ago. And uh, the plan was presented to our Board of Education. So we have a six-year facilities plan uh, that we visit on a frequent and regular basis just to make sure that uh, deferred maintenance doesn't become a problem. And so we've been addressing all of those and uh, excited about it. I think the district has done an exceptional job over the last 10, 15, 20 years with maintaining uh, our facilities. We have some that have quite a bit of age on them, but when you go, when you walk through them, uh, I'm always amazed at just how well of a, of, of a job we've done in, in taking care of them, keeping the HVAC systems going, the boilers going. Um, we should be very proud in 475 uh, with the facilities that we have, both on post as well as off post. All right. And I know there was, uh, uh, I think last year or something, Franklin Elementary, is that school building going to remain in the system here or has there been discussions with the future of that building? We, we're maintaining that facility. Uh, we're always wanting to keep that facility ready in the event we may, we may need to re-engage it. Uh, enrollment for the district has been on a decline for several years. Uh, and so if the enrollment increases, especially with our K-5 population, then we have that facility ready uh, to help us balance uh, the, the enrollment across the district. So as of right now, it is offline, but uh, in good shape and uh, prepared if we need to re-engage it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you know, I, I wanted to bring this up here because you're in, you're in the uh, – Business of education here, and the sad story yesterday we saw come out of Uvalde, Texas, with the uh, the school shooting involving uh, well, I think it's up to nineteen students and two adults that have been killed. Uh, just kind of get your thoughts as an educator, and and uh, kind of what went through your mind as you saw things unfold yesterday. Well, first I'll say that you know my heart um, uh, my heart goes out for. Uh, the families, uh, the, for those who have lost a, a loved one through this tragic uh, event. Uh, and definitely my heart is with the, uh, the, the school district as it sorts through all the details because you and I know that there are probably a lot of questions that are being asked right now. And uh, it's gonna take some time to sort through it all. And everyone's gonna have to be very patient and extend grace uh, as we go through this situation. And I tell my team here, events like that, that happens to one happens to us all. Um, even though it may be miles away from us, it does have an impact on us. And it makes us reflect and, and uh, take in consideration how we do business, how diligent we are as far as uh, being aware of our circumstances and knowing what's happening within uh, our uh, you know, areas of operation. So uh, again, my heart goes out to the family, their, th their families uh, and all who are involved in this situation. So a tragic event and something that we should all, you know, just be mindful of. Uh, there are a lot of people who are struggling with, I don't know if whether it's mental health, there are a lot of individuals who have access to weapons out there. And so I think we all just have to be uh, mindful and, and, and pay attention to the behaviors of others. And if you see something, you need to say something. Um, you know, schools are what we call a soft target. 
Uh, a lot of people enter and exit those facilities on a daily, daily basis. Uh, and so we have to just be be mindful of that as a public and, and just make sure, again, if people are aware of something, that they share that information with uh, the district leadership so that leaders can be proactive and take every safety measure necessary to prevent these types of things from occurring. I wish there was some way we could say it would never happen or we could guarantee 100 percent. But the truth is, we just can't. And so we just have to be as proactive uh, as we possibly can. Yeah, I know a lot of people want answers today. And, and it's just I don't know that anybody has a clear answer at the moment. And, you know, just got to keep uh, hoping that the, the precautions you're taking are enough, I suppose. Absolutely. Again, we're all in this together. Uh, and what happens to one impacts us all. And uh, we are, we're just going to have to take all the necessary precautions that we can. All right. Well, well said. Appreciate uh, appreciate you commenting on that. I, I know it's a tough situation for everyone involved, and we certainly, our hearts go out to the families uh, affected by that. Dr. Dr. Eggleston, thank you so much, and we hope you have a good Memorial Day weekend and uh, safe summer. Hey, thank you so much, and you be safe as well. Look forward to uh, catching up with you soon. All right. Sounds good. That's going to wrap up our program here today on In Focus. Thanks to Dr. Eggleston. Thanks to uh, John Cox over Blue Valley Schools and Sean Stewart at AAA. If you missed any of those interviews, we will have them up shortly at newsradiokman.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. If you go to you know Spotify, Apple, wherever, you can get, you can get In Focus there. 24 hours a day. So uh, be sure to check that out. Coming up tomorrow on the program, it's Thursday. We'll be talking with Pawnee Mental Health Services. Robin Cole will be joining us. That'll be a good uh, good timing here because I think a lot of folks will enjoy hearing her voice, especially in times of uh, tragedy like this. We'll also hear from uh, ICDD. That's the Institute for Civic Discourse and Democracy, Dr. Timothy Schaefer, and uh, a guest with him as well.